Welcome back, pod people, to another episode of Cinema Demore. I am your hostess, Lexi. With me today, I have... Chuck. And And Justin. we are on our third film of Blomkamp Month. As we said when we started this, we really only had the three films to choose from, and so we are now covering Chappie. If you look at his fourth film that he's put out, it's still got science fiction elements, but it's more outside of this, whereas Chappie feels like the sort of conclusion to what I would call like the first three Blomkamp films that kind of have all cohesion with each other, so to speak. I said I feel like Chappie is like the story of how all the robots in all of his movies kind of comes to be in a lot of ways. This is an interesting film to talk about because there were a lot of bad choices in this movie going into it a lot of strange choices we don't know if it really like hurt his career or or not it didn't help it was not a commercial success it didn't do well i think it was popular with fans of like diane wert and fans of blomkamp as a whole so about 12 people (laughs) yeah yeah like it's kind of a very niche market it's not the same as like if he was a well-established director it's a it's an odd choice for your third film it's very clear that this was one that he kind of came into feeling personal he set this one in you know south africa he's working with diane wert who he's friends with he's just kind of bringing all those elements together there's a lot of throwback in this movie justin when we were talking about it initially he kind of said robocop but when this movie was being made Initially, it was presented to the public as being a remake of uh, Short Circuit. And I was really mad about that because I was like, Short Circuit's one of my all-time favorite films. I'm going to be getting a Johnny Five tattoo on my arm above my leather robot. Why don't you just get a chappy tattoo? You know the the part two, Short Circuit 2, when he's all destroyed and he puts himself back together and he's all like punked out? I'm going to get that tattooed like right here on my like forearm because I have the robot from Batteries Not Included and I was going to get Johnny Five up there. But I'm thinking like on the backside, I might do Chappie when he's all like gangsta. I would prefer that you do Hugh Jackman from. Oh, God, his hair in this movie is some of the worst. It has to be a full body portrait as well. So you can get the uh, khaki shorts in there, too. (laughs) I'll do it like on my calf and do it down the whole like the whole leg. We'll do him like like a a pinup. Can you get it mid-action where he's like running through the field yeah. when he's going to go spy on <laughs> Chappie with his like lanyard and everything? <laughs> we covered Neil Blomkamp's entire filmography except for Demonic, which have you seen Demonic? Did you watch that before we were recording? I watched the trailer for it. It's not as easy for me to find and I didn't have time to actually sit down and watch a movie this week. I've been very busy this week. I didn't watch it either. Did you see the movie? Well, I watched the well, trailer. No, here's the thing. Like, well, pretty when much. we first brought it up, our whole thought process was what a terrible name for a film. That was all we kind of come up with. And that we immediately assumed that it's not science fiction. But it seems to be about utilizing VR to deal with a woman who they think she has schizophrenia. But as they start like dealing with her schizophrenia, it turns out it could actually be a legitimate demonic possession. So they have to like kind of try to deal with the demon through a VR system essentially it's not really vr it's more like you know when they like put a thing on your head and then they put you into like a vr type environment it's not really like the goggles kind of thing it's been done before in a lot of science fiction when i saw that and when i saw like the elements of what he's putting together i'm like this actually could be a really interesting film it's definitely not what you think from him but i can't say i think it might have his flavor 
it definitely has his film style, the really sharp digital kind of film work that he does. It's all... I mean, only has three films. It's impressive that we covered an entire filmography mm-hmm. pretty much in a month. I definitely feel that the style goes back to District 9 yeah. a little bit. So it's kind of hard to judge what his style is. But I guess when he's got two movies that feel more similar than Elysium, I guess his style is District 9. Well, I was thinking about it when we went into this, and I was going to say it later on, but you're already on this path. So, <clears throat> no, you're fine. I genuinely feel, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong, I can't correct how you genuinely Blomkamp feel. literally set the tone for science fiction for all the 2010s. Everybody tried to replicate something from him in some way, whether it was a visual element, his action style, his execution on things, his like kind of cinematography, that sort of stuff. But, you know, you can't directly do... He was the big hotness at that moment, and his movies were really, like, killing it. I think a lot of people thought the visual cues were, you know, really what was there. So they were really borrowing those visual cues and elements and bringing them all throughout. Like I said, I've said this, like, several times throughout this episode, like, movies and television and video games and all that kind of stuff. What movies would you say are, like, a direct result of Dish? I, I brought up that one with Tom Cruise. Oblivion? No, the one that's based on the Japanese novel, All, All You Need Is Kill. The, the movie is different, got a different name. Oh, Edge of Edge Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah, where they're in that, the armor, the visual, the action scenes, all that stuff. Blomkamp to a T. Like, I thought it was a Blomkamp film when that came out initially. And like I've brought up a billion times before. That's a great movie. I really do enjoy that. I movie think the Call of Duty series, like I've said a billion times before, absolutely looked at Blomkamp and borrowed all of his visual styles and action cues for all of those modern warfare games. Those are totally fueled by Blomkamp all day. I'd have to look up the timeline. I feel like it's the opposite. I felt like his movies were taking from the video games. He starts in 09, and I think a lot of those games kind of come around. Like, it all comes out around the same time, but I think, like, looking at what he does, especially with Elysium, like, with the exoskeleton armor and stuff like that, I think that, like, Blomkamp is, like, the one who kind of brought all that out. I don't necessarily know that he's the first to do it, but, like, he kind of was doing it better than anyone. I've seen the exoskeleton stuff before, though. Yeah, I've so. seen it before. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give him full credit because the thing about him is that, like, I, I know I just what I said, what I said, but he borrows from everything else. Just because he borrows doesn't mean he doesn't set a tone. Borrowing from a bunch of like remaining elements and putting them all together, as I like to say in your own stew, making your own thing. Sharto Copley comes back mm-hmm. as the main character again, aka. <laughs> Chappy. I don't know how to describe him. He's very naive. Well, it's about a company that creates robots for policing in the, the country, and they're doing a better job than the police, so they're just kind of letting them take care of crime, but they're just like a byproduct, and there's the scientist who designed and made them, and he likes to tinker and play with like AI systems and things on his own. He comes through a breakthrough one night and figures out an AI system and tries to present it to his boss, and his boss is like, hell no we make military equipment and so behind their back he inserts an ai system into a broken police robot and then it basically has five days to evolve before it's dead what is with five days i that's a good point i never thought of that because elysium's five days too until you're dead yeah he likes the number five it's his lucky number guess what you have five days till you're dead here's some pills (laughs) 
How long does it take him to transform in uh, District Nine? Does it only take him five days to? Is it, I was gonna say, is it five days in District? It might might I be. I don't think they say, but it has to be yeah. five days. I mean, it's pretty fast. Yeah, it's I feel it's like uh, less than a week. So I felt like his full transformation was over some time, though. Well, yeah, like if you're meaning like by the end of the film when he's totally turned into a brawn, yeah, I feel like that's probably longer than five days. But it feels like the movie maybe takes place just over five days. It probably does because there's a, at least a couple days pass. I don't even yeah. know if it's five days. It might be. Yeah, it might be shorter. Yeah. In case that mattered, but yeah. yeah, five. How long does demonic take? Five days. We'll, five we'll days find out. The demon is in the VR system. Well, it's definitely not related to the ring. That's seven days. <laughs> so, so I guess choking up over that joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. It's hysterical. So while all this is going on, I guess Diane were are out just committing crimes, and there's this big insane guy with a golden AK-47 who seems to run everything, but I don't know how, and he can barely articulate. Because he's big. He's alpha yeah. male. Yeah, he's just an alpha. And he's so hair. they fucked up, and they're trying to give him drugs, and he said that they owe him $20 million, and they need to come up with $20 million in, like, is it five days? Yeah, I think it's seven days. So they need to come up with the $20 million in order to pay this insane person back. It is insane. They get back to their hideout, and the guy's calling them, like, I'm not joking about that seven days shit. <laughs> right. And then, and then they just... And the ninja they, gets mad and breaks his phone. What is it? They decide that they need a police robot to help them. Oh, then they, they kidnap a guy for, that works there that they can get them to There's turn just them off. It's a big off switch. Yeah. Scientist who happens to be working on the AI system is dragging a pile of broken parts home to test his AI system and happens to get kidnapped by Die Antwort, who then force him to make the robot function for them so that they can be gangster number one. And that's pretty much the whole plot of the movie. And then, of course, it's an AI system, so it has to learn. And it goes through its developmental process of, like, you know, infanthood and teenage and what have you. So it's an evolving yeah. AI system. I wouldn't say I love it, but I, I do kind of love the concept of somebody trying to raise something and then ultimately ruining it. Jack right. has the ability to learn from his environment, but he's got basically has terrible parents. I think this is one of the most tragic movies ever made. On the one hand, like, like I on really the filmmaking hate, side. I really hated this movie the first time I saw it because, as I said before, going into this movie, I was told that this is a remake of Short Circuit, and it is. It's got all the elements of Short Circuit all throughout it. Like the robot's a weapon system. The robot goes through something, develops an AI. The AI system has to learn and figure things out. You know, it's sweet natured. It's not really bad. It doesn't want to fight. It, it's it, all the elements are there, but it's like, you know, instead of him ending up with a chick who owns an ice cream truck and hanging out with her and Steve Gutenberg, he ends up with the gang from the second film that spray paints him, Los Lobos, and like ends up becoming like horribly treated and horribly abused and it's like it's really hard to watch when it's like the ai system's not malicious in any way but not one person in the film around the ai system including the person who makes him is really a good person because as much as you want to defend the main guy who made him who's also an indian doctor who made the robot which is a throwback to short circuit again except for this but time it's a real indian too well no this time instead of it's a real indian instead of a guy doing brown face so <laughs> he put him in a five-day body it's like 
you knew if the AI system kicked in and started working that it would develop consciousness and stuff and if it develops that then you're only giving it five days like what do you think was going to happen how could you not think of that process so that's the hardest part of this movie for me is watching garbage people treat this robot terribly like it's it's a really hard film to watch but i think this time going into it i really liked chappie as an individual like as a character i was like he's a good character he's got a lot of strengths he's got good growth he's really really funny I can't pronounce his name. Charlo. Is it Charlo Copley? Is that it? His voice was perfect. I didn't realize it was him at first. And then I was like, that's the well, guy. Well, who else is it going to be? Right. Well, <laughs> you, you know, when you get a space between the movies, you don't always realize it. But watching them and like... See... If it wasn't him, it was going to be Matt Damon. There was only one of those two. There was only two <laughs> Matt, people. That would have been great if it was Matt Damon. That would have been so funny. <laughs> so. Chuck, I need to hear you discuss the parallels between Chappie and RoboCop. You're on. Like the entire film? Even RoboCop 2. Yeah, there's RoboCop 2 in this fucking movie, too. It's like, even from the very beginning when they're showing the camera footage of the the robot police force moving in, and also their voices that they use sounds like they they might as well have, like, sampled Peter Weller to to do the voices that are, like, that yell at people, you know, you've got 10 seconds to freeze, and it sounds like it's trying to be... A lot of the dialogue, too, you're saying. Yeah, it's trying to be that Hugh Jackman's stupid robot that's 100% the ED-209. It's not even remotely trying to not look like that thing. Like, it's... They didn't even... That's that's maybe like the worst example of they didn't even try to not make that look like it was from RoboCop. It just... It can't look anything but that. Like, they... That, that's almost where I... I agree that he has a lot of originality and, you know, he's not he does borrow certain elements, but there's just so much in this film that's just like whole entire sections, characters and designs that are just nobody even bothered to try. Like of any robot design they could have made for Hugh Jackman's stupid robot. And I'm like, you went with the one that looks exactly like robocop like you could you could have made any you could have made any robot and that's the one you chose you could have went with a liquid metal robot you know yeah you could... but it also kind of looks like metal gear no well, that's another ripoff and it yeah it, it still looks too much like the robocop it's it's too much like that and then uh when they throw him in the truck and they're like cutting him apart that whole scene is like exactly like robocop 2 there's like the transferring the brains from people like using that type of stuff it's also from like short circuit when he's like don't this a simple number five and they're like beating him into the ground but does it make it any better if it's from robocop or short circuit <laughs> i just like i'm like i feel like robocop has influenced so much like action science fiction that you can find robocop in almost anything if that makes sense whereas i feel like this one i can see where you guys are coming from in some aspects but i feel like anytime there's a bipedal like kind of t-rexy looking robot everybody goes back to the ed 209 and i'm like i don't know like it looks like it though i like how you're like everything goes back to robocop the academy award winner for best picture coda yep obviously robocop fan right that's exactly where i'm going yeah he's pulling a lot of things too then there's also the like them educating or like playing with Chappie feels very much like that's from et or something like that like there's just too much of this movie that you can just yeah i I can point to different movies and say like jj abrams made an entire career mostly starting off of copying a lot of things off of spielberg absolutely something like super eight which i I like i think super eight's an okay movie but that entire film is just a massive homage to steven spielberg from almost everything in it 
I hated this movie. I wouldn't say I don't, I don't say I don't say I hate movies too often, but I mean I couldn't tell you a single thing that I genuinely enjoyed in this film. Well, let's break it down the other way. What are the things that you genuinely hated? Oh, let's go that route. I mean, none of the characters are good, and I don't mean that in like uh, they're in not like well they're betrayed. all bad people. They're all like not written well. They're all Hugh Jackman's like should Hugh be a Jackman's good villain. My favorite character. I mean, he's not. I know, good, but, but I but I know. Yeah, I know. That's exactly what I know. You were gonna say is like he's your favorite character because he's so he's so terribly done. Like everything he about him so of a Mike dumb. Judge character so badly. Yeah, like everything he about him is terrible. In Silicon Valley. They said this was supposed to be the start of like uh, a whole trilogy of films by itself, which you can tell by the end. It's it's definitely supposed to be. I assume his character was supposed to do more in later films because in this film, he, the ending is terrible. He does nothing in this film. <laughs> he does a weird thing of like committing to having Hugh Jackman be like some sort of religious nut but it's so subtle that you almost like, it's just barely all the time in the background. He'll just be like those godless people or something like that. But he never like full on goes into like, he either needs to go into like full has like giant pictures of Jesus at his desk or something like go full. He's going to program the rapture. Yeah. He either needs to go like full on religious nut or don't put that in the movie at all because it's, it's such a minor thing, but it's distracting when he's like, he's like yelling at Sigourney Weaver. He's like, look at these godless people running around. And you're like, why does he keep calling everyone godless? But he doesn't like, <laughs> but he never goes further into it. He doesn't get into the questions of, I think it's supposed to imply that, you know, he, he thinks Dev Patel's playing God and like, he's one of those like, no, that, that only, only Jesus can create life. AI is not real. Like, I didn't think of that. You can't actually make that, but he never goes into that at all. And maybe that was supposed to be robot Jesus would have been a cool idea. Yeah, like I I don't know if that's where that's where he was trying to go with it or something. But he's just such a weird character that like it feels like feels like something's supposed to be there. I mean, the fact that he walks around with a gun just all the time in an office like is then and no one says anything or like treats that as being weird that the what he uh he like he gets with Dev patel and like in and, like office. holds him hostage and then just like huh, that was just a joke guys everybody has fun right and everyone's like just like okay i guess we're just gonna go back to work with the guy pulling the gun on somebody they present as well that his military background might be bullshit that's not real or it's not authentic or something like that they present that a few times. I thought like he was jacked because of Dev Patel's humanoid robots. He's like, oh, you think you're better than me because <laughs> you can make better robots than me? That, that becomes the question of why why Sigourney Weaver even keeps like giving him money to continue his project when like he built this entire prototype and he's like, look how cool it is. And she's like, we're never going to make that. And I'm like, why are you like letting him still work here and like giving him money? I just watched this movie and I don't even remember what Sigourney Weaver does in it. She's just the head of the company. That's all. She's just a cameo. She's a glorified cameo. She's the person who stops, stops things from happening because she can say no. Well, like, I think the only reason she was there was because he was, he was starting to work on the aliens thing and like they were starting to work together. So it was like, Hey, why don't you also, you know, we can film some stuff for my movie. And so I feel like that's the only reason she's really there. I feel like the timeline was he got her because of his love for alien. And while they were on that movie set, that's where he started pitching alien five ideas. I would like to, if I may, you're hosting talk about Diane work for a minute here. Can't tell you shit about them. Terrible haircuts. I am a huge fan 
I've seen them live. It was one of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Ninja performs like a person who's going to die tomorrow. You've never seen anything like it. Allegations have come out about them recently that they are quite problematic. And going into this, they were already fairly controversial figures back home. They're known for cultural appropriation. They abuse children. They went into... No, I'm not kidding. You know, the uh, if you see the I'm Ugly Boy video... I'm just listing the things that they do. You're like, uh, they've had some allegations about child abuse and... They, well, they adopted some, like, kids from, like, the poor area because they were unattractive and wanted to use them in their videos. So they basically bought some kids to use for their videos and stuff. Ninja is a performance artist. So technically, if you go back and listen to his Walkin' Tudor Jones stuff, that's the first evolution of his rap persona. And then... What this about Yolandi? Is, so Yolandi's always been there, but... The thing is, is that Die Antwoord is supposed to be, it was supposed to be an art project. So even though it's a rap group, it's like performance art, it was supposed to have three or four albums. And then after the Banana Brain album came out, that was supposed to end Die Antwoord and it's in Ninja and Yolandis. They got way too powerful and it could not not be killed. (laughs) Well, they they seem to have given up on evolving the art forward, which is interesting. Same. They have a real kid together, but they're not married. They do have their kids 16. So if you look at his eyes, the 16s that are tattooed under his eyes are his kid's name. His kid's name is 16? 16, yes. Like from <laughs> Dragon Ball Z? It very well could be from that, too. Um, they, they're instrumental in the Zeph lifestyle. They have one of the largest um, record labels in South Africa. Did you and... say the Zeph lifestyle? Is that an African thing? Zeph, the term... This is, goes back to their cultural appropriation. The term Zeph is a term utilized, started in like the 1960s in South Africa. It essentially is kind of like you're poor, but you're also like classy. Yeah, you live in the slums. Yeah, you're like, you're not a high stepper. You still like put yourself together and hold yourself up and like whatever. And you're Zeph as fuck. And so it's just like, it's an old school slang term that they kind of evolved into Zeph for them means like Gucci combined with like wearing boxer shorts and like combining like really cheap shit with like really expensive shit to kind of create this aesthetic anyway. In the movie though, they're caricatures of themselves or something, I assume. I read somewhere that they're, this is supposed to be in the future and they were supposed to have been a group and that, now in the future they have to be gangsters because they can't perform to do their rap anymore that sounds like the biggest load of shit i ever heard they should no i like that but they should have also had matt damon like he can't act anymore so he's gonna be a gangster (laughs) that would be great but here's the thing about this film that makes it extra strange as a fan of diane work going into this movie i was excited to see what diane work could bring to the film what i did not anticipate was that this would be an expose for die ant work realize all the visuals that are painted all over their hideout they paint that on everything that they make their videos and stuff like that's one of their visual cues fine every piece of clothing that they wear in this movie is from one of their music videos and they wear the clothing in order of the video's presentation as they came out that subaru that they're driving in that movie that's a ninja's subaru that's like in all of his videos and all that stuff that's his car um Every I just single that they were wearing shirts with their own band and their own names on them. Yeah, those well, those are their tour shirts from when they were on tour for 
God, like there's the album that Neil Blom can't work with. Them I'm pretty and, impressed because he was wearing a pretty dark black shirt. It wasn't faded for being in the future. Yeah. So everything in this movie, every single article of clothing, every single article of clothing is from Die Antwerp's uh, like video discography, essentially. Like every one of their music videos. Even like what Hugh Jackman's wearing? No, none of the... Only Die Antwerp. So the Yolandi, Yolandi and Ninja, every single article of clothing is from one of their music videos. Every single object that they're using in the movie is from one of their music videos. The cars, the guns, every single thing in this movie is just like, do you remember this from Die Antwerp? And like, as someone who doesn't know anything about Die Antwerp, you're like, whatever. It's just a visual style. But as somebody who knows Die Antwerp going into this, I think it's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. Going into this movie, I remember seeing the trailer and... Yolandi's like, we call you Chappie. And I'm like, this woman is <laughs> terrifying. Her hair, her eyebrow, like no eyebrows. She really looks like something out of a horror film. I wasn't sure how to take her. And then people were like, that, she's a musician and that's how she normally is. And I said, well, seeing her on the big screen was actually kind of terrifying in that trailer. <laughs> but then I was yeah. still, sign me up. I'm going to go see that movie. But then on the other side of that coin, going back to Yolandi, why didn't they play her up more in the, the action sequences? Why didn't they make her stand out more or, like, have... Like, I feel like her and Ninja should have been, like, some kind of opposing force. Like, okay, you went and you got these two big stars Maybe who Blomkamp are this thing. Maybe is sexist, and he didn't think that she could do it. Yes. Well, this movie definitely doesn't pass the Betchel test. There is that element throughout it. And I didn't think that the female dialogue in this movie was very How could you well tell written. there are barely any females? Right. There's Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, and then there's there's her. And that's about it. Yolandi. Yeah. I think Ninja comes off as the surprise in this movie. I think his acting is really good. I think he... I don't, I, compared to whatever's going on and whatever, like I wouldn't give him like high praise, but I definitely think he did everything well. I think, I think Hugh Jackman what went for it. Like he knew it was dumb, but he knew the assignment. <laughs> like he yeah. was like, "I'm all in." So Jackman was in Swordfish at this point in his career. He's just like, "I'll do whatever." Dude was in the Fountain. Yeah, that's his high. Around the same time as Swordfish, he's Wolverine. Yeah, well, that's his high. He's that's the his... greatest showman. I never watched that. He's the Australian. He is genuinely a good actor. Hugh Jackman's a phenomenal actor when he wants to be. It's a shame that he gets, like, kind of... He's the prestige. He's like the poor man's... Um, God, what's... Russell Crowe. I think <sighs> Russell Crowe is the poor man's Hugh Jackman. I think you have that. <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe's great. Russell Crowe is okay. Remember when he was going to be in the Dark Universe? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was technically in it. You know, yeah, he, just he was didn't Dr. Go Jekyll. Yeah. I was actually totally here for all of that. Wasn't he the one that introduced the Book of the Dead from the Brennan Fraser mummy movies into the Tom Cruise mummy movie? Yeah. That's great. Well, let's talk about Chappie. He's the main character. What's Chappie going through? He's he's he, he's kind of going through a midlife crisis because he only has five days to live. So like a couple days in, he's like, oh, shit, I'm going to be dead soon. I'm going to be obsolete or whatever. My battery's damaged. It can't be replaced. 
Dev Patel is God to him, and he's like questioning God. Why would you do this to me? Why would you give me life if you're just going to take it away? Which kind of has like a Job element to it. I, I didn't caught all this religious stuff, but like you're dead on. You're totally I mean, on. he he flat out says it like yeah. you're my. He's he actually called like the creator or something. Yeah, yes. He's like you created me, and why would you do this to me? And I feel like that question happens with like a lot of termini terminally ill people. You find out that you have you know stage four cancer, and you start to question why you were even there. Yeah. And Chap Chappie kind of goes through that same. I mean, he he experiences that with uh, Dev Patel. With his dad, he's kind of like, with Ninja, it's this like abusive relationship that he's going through. And then, I don't know, the only person he really has is his mom, who remains motherly, I'd say, throughout the whole thing. But then she's also like, not really got his back when Ninja shows up, which is just the same as you said, like an they're abusive in an abusive husband. relationship. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're all in an abusive relationship, so like the mom's, mom's also not standing abused. up with for you because mom's going to get beat. Right. I think that Choppy should have killed Ninja. That would have been cooler. Yeah. I, Ninja is an absolute piece of shit to Chappie throughout this entire film. I don't I don't understand a lot of Nif Ninja's actions in this movie either. Like, I get that he's a piece of shit. What I get about that the moment when Chappie's playing with the doll that looks like his mom? And it's, like, set up as this scene where a father finds out that his son's gay and doesn't have yeah. of it like that's the scene that blomp camp put into Chappie, and then his, his dad's teaching him to be gangster number one i also am highly impressed by how terrible ninja is shooting that gun but how accurately he's hitting all the bottles oh, right yeah right. He, he's like holding it over his head and he's like now you just aim like this he's not even aiming at all but he no. hits every glass every bottle he hits I feel like that was something I could I could really see them being like, no, aim the gun. And he's like, no, this is how gangsters hold guns. And just being like, I mean, he, there's no way you can aim that thing. And he's like, I'm not holding it any other way. This is how gangsters hold their guns. Or like when, when he puts the gun in Chappie's hand and Chappie holds it, goes, no, you hold it like a gangster. And he holds his arm completely sideways and like pushes <laughs> yeah. it out. Which That's they, one we, thing, but like I always love the old film noir where the actors always seem really uncomfortable holding guns like they're like you're under arrest and i'm like are you afraid of that gun that you're pointing <laughs> right they have I, a uh, crooked close up to their body and their hands shaking there's a lot of really pointlessly abusive stuff with the character ninja in this movie like there was no reason to have the whole thing where they just drag him out and dump him in the middle of the city and whatever like that was just so pointlessly cruel and then like he's lying to him throughout the entire film and then it's like there's that whole part when he's standing there with the dead dog and he like goes over like either you're the dead dog or you know you're you're standing well, up I do alive like when he and... teaches him that he's you're not murdering you're sleeping and I'm like well now you made Chappy very terrifying because he's seeing people he and he he's gonna put them to sleep I'm like oh shit like he's such a piece of garbage and like I feel like as you watch this film well, Blomp someone Camp... like a Molotov cocktail off on him yeah well that's like Blom <laughs> Camp wants you to like kind of have a redemption arc with Ninja or something like when the movie ends and like Ninja like sacrifice I'm like fuck him like there's no 
there's no point with this character where I feel sympathy for him and I feel like there's value in him. And you really tried hard to make me think like that this character has some sort of like redemption arc in some way or another. And it's just not there. I also ever. find their version of gangster hilarious. It doesn't fit the setting. It's so weird to me. Like putting putting the chains on Chappie, it just seems so superficial and weird. Yeah, it was. They I can't mean, they can't afford shit, but they got all that that gold for Chappie. Well, South African culture in regards to like the culture that they're presenting anyway. So we're not going to call it South African culture. Um, they derive a lot from American hip hop culture. Yeah, I saw so, that Chappie meme that's like, they don't talk like that in South Africa. <laughs> yeah, so there's like, it's like a lot of Diane Wirt stuff is a crossover between South African culture that they indoctrinated into their stuff combined with American culture. I ended up sending Chuck a bunch of Chappie memes that I found on the internet. And nice. my favorite one was still from The Sopranos. And Tony's there with Camilla and he's like, He's like, that's Chappie. That's all it said. <laughs> like the guy pointing out, and that's Chappie right there. <laughs> that's by far my favorite. I don't know. Chappie, I think Chappie's biggest problem is it is highly forgettable. I don't really re didn't really remember much about it. And like I said, I watched it a week ago and I'm already forgetting what Sigourney Weaver did in the movie. I knew she was the boss, but I can't think of any plot point that she seemed extremely relevant to what was going on. I think it's visually memorable. And I think it's definitely got some like great... Like, okay, you can't, I can't deny... Say I can't say memorable, but his visual take is what he's best at. Right. So I and think he needs, he needs help, and I don't know where he needs to find it. Like, maybe he needs to co-direct with somebody to get his ideas out there, but somebody that can direct people and he can direct the action and this is kind of what we were talking about with Elysium. He needs a little bit of work. I think if he hadn't have made this movie as dark as he did I like because like the scene when he takes him out and he's like see that man over there? He stole daddy's car. And he's like you stole his car and he gets out with the fucking pipe wrench and just like beats the car to shit and they're like no, we need the car. And then, like, I'm deeply disturbed that we had to watch a movie where somebody had to call that man daddy. <laughs> yeah, for, for two hours. Then you clearly you never listened to any of their music. Ninja was like, I like being called daddy. They have, they call him daddy in all of the fucking music, too. So, it's oh, really? New. <laughs> daddy. Oh, yeah. They have a whole bunch of, like, skits on the albums between him and Yolandi playing. Yeah. Anyway, is Chappie on the albums? No, but um, in um, one of the videos, um, Ninja has the arm from um, oh, District Chappie. Nine. No, oh. he's got the alien arm from District Nine, and I'm pretty sure Blomkamp was involved in um, Pitbull Terrier. I think he might have had his like visual effects people help with that or something. I which wish the movie one... was just called Happy Chappie, but Chappie was just like a murderous robot. <laughs> genuinely like if you guys haven't watched their music videos you should check out some of their music videos like they're like pretty what? interesting give the people some recommendations i, I just said pitbull terrier is good babies on fire when you is said an pitbull terrier i had no idea that it was a music video or what 
That's what it's called. I, when terror. you first started going into it, I thought you were talking about the musician Pitbull. No. Or no. a dog. Uh, some, Not at all. Some breed of dog. You should actually find the video of Ninja talking about the time that he played basketball with Kanye West. It's one I of have the funniest seen that. things. I actually have seen that. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, that, that was excellent. So Because I, I remember laughing because I did see that video, and it's just total it's the total chaos of what is Kanye west yeah which just made me laugh the only thing i think's funnier is um aziz Ansari talking about going over to kanye's house where he was listening to 808s and heartbreaks like jamming out like it yes wasn't an album i've that seen he that <laughs> that he made himself <laughs> I, I think another good one is if you ever watch the Chappelle show when um charlie murphy talked about the time that he went and played basketball with um prince that's a really, really good one, too. It's, like, hysterical. R.I.P. Charlie Murphy. Um, yeah, Diane Wirt are very strange. And like I said, with the visual, like they're supposed to be performance artists. So their videos coincide with their music. So it's a whole thing. That's why I got so into them, because, like... I just like really weird performance art. I really like music videos. My big music videos are like kind of one of my big things. I'm like super obsessed with them. I still watch music videos all the time. And uh, I really like the music. I do. I do like their music a lot. It's just really like banging. So it's like banging. Yeah, dude, they fucking get some bangers all day, man. I I still have a theory that DJ High Tech is just ninja because i feel I like don't ninja know who dj high tech is that's their they, that's their their dj for all of their music and whatever but oh. the thing is is that ninja is such a control freak that i can't see him possibly relinquishing like creative control to any other person but himself so i feel like they just put a mask on some guy when they tour and have him stand on the stage and like pretend to mix but like it's all just ninja. I mean, we've seen DJs now. They they go up there with a laptop and they already have their playlist ready. So yeah, exactly. Doing. That's how I feel like he was in this film. Like I don't think I don't think Neil Blomkamp would like actually direct him to do anything that he didn't no, want to do. Like I feel that's why that's where I feel like you do get a lot of those where where I could see it being like, Hey, what why don't you put this outfit on? And it just being like, No, I already brought on my own clothes and just being like, Oh, but I mean, I think this would look better. And it's like, no, I'm wearing a shirt with my name on it. And it's right, like, yeah, maybe a cameo okay, like, like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like, and it, it's, and it's one of those once Neil Blomkamp brought them on and he's friends with them. It's like, he's, I don't know, maybe too nice of a guy that he couldn't say, like, ah, I don't think this is working out. Like, maybe I should hire actual actors for these characters. Like, he was just like, uh, I already gave him roles in the movie. Like, I already brought him here. Like, I guess I'm just gonna have him in the movie. He promised yeah. them on on his, like when they became friends or whatever on his next movie, he promised them that they would be in it, and they literally have a line in one of their songs that says, "Neil Blom Neil Blomkamp gonna make me a movie star." It's like literally in one of their. It's their just songs. funny to me though that it's like, Charto Copley, is like, motion capture, so he's he's only in it with his voice. You got Dave Patel, or sorry, Dev Patel. <laughs> Made him. Dave I've Patel. Him. You got Dev <laughs> Patel, Sigourney Weaver, Hugh Jackman, and your main characters are Diane Ninja, Wirth, the, Ninja the and non-actors. Yeah, and 
And Dave, from what Dave I Patel. understand, that uh, Ninja and Hugh Jackman did not get along at all. I don't all. think many people could have got along with Ninja. They, they fought constantly on set. Well, Ninja made filming very difficult for this movie in particular. Um, there were. You think Ninja personally took down Neil Blomkamp? <laughs> yeah. I can go ahead and career. I could go with that. I, and I don't, I don't, I mean, if the, the bad stuff about them hadn't have come out, they still would be responsible for hurting him with this. Cause like, I think, I think he thought with their visual style and when working with them on their videos and seeing like their creativity and stuff that they would bring some of that to the film. But as you said, they're not actors, They've never been in Hollywood before. They've never been in movies before. And all of their music videos, like they made themselves with basically their own budget and their own time. So being an unrestrained artist and being pulled into, you know, a very restrictive world, because this is after Elysium. So at this point, you know, he's looking at sponsors in his film, unquestionably. Like this movie is going to be backed by a major studio. He's going to have major sponsorship throughout this movie he's got some of the, like the largest names in hollywood working with him i mean like so it, it, it's one of those things where it could have been another elysium at least or it might not, it, i don't think it ever would have been an elysium in success but like there's a better film under this somewhere what i was trying to say before if he had made this a comedy and he had focused it on like die ant work are just a bunch of bumbling low life like criminals who can't get their shit together and they happen upon a police robot that has an AI system in it and they realize that it can learn and they hang out with it and teach it to be a gangster and work with them and like make the meat of the film scenes like the one when they go out and heist the cars that day or like scenes when ninja's teaching him to shoot and like more of those kinds of things and less of like main story a and less of him being abused and being treated like shit. Like they should have had, if they wanted to have like people fuck him up, they should have had like the bad guy take him and cut him up and then Diane were find him and be like, oh, our buddy, you know, like they could have made Diane were redeeming heroes in this film and they could have made them focal characters in this film by making the film itself a more playful film from the get-go, but this choice of, like, constant, non-stop dark undertones on every single thing. Everything is awful. The people are do you, awful. Do you think that they should have shot this, like, The Godfather Part Two, and Chappie could have been a gangster, and it kept flashing back to the past as to how he became that gangster? Like, he was actually, yeah. like, a, like, a notoriously scary yeah. figure. Yeah. I think there's people were like, how did this robot become like take over this community? Well, and like show that he's an opposing force to the police, and like show that they just can't get back control of him either because he's still, you know, I mean, a police I know robot you see it in a trailer, but that'd be kind of sick to watch a movie, and you're like, oh shit, we got to see Chappie, and Chappie's just this like overlord robot <laughs> that's like brutal, killing people and shit. Because he's gangster, and you're like, how did he become so gangster? So that's like what I know. feel. Go ahead. I I was gonna say that's what I feel like. I I don't know what Neil Blomkamp's plans were for the sequel, 
But the way this film ends, that feels like almost where they're maybe wanting to go when they get they they transfer Chappie into a robot body. Uh, Dev Patel gets the robot body. They like make a body for Yolandi. So it almost feels like that's where like I that that is probably the only thing I liked about this movie was the very like the basically the final like two minutes where it felt like it was setting up almost to be like war for the planet of the apes or something where it would go like continue on with like you know well maybe Chappie could be like the or Dev Patel could be the uh the Caesar character that's like we'll start making people into robots and we'll show them that like robots can be better. We can, that would be kind you know, of we can cool, live like forever. We can, and yeah. And, them and turning them into will. robots and like making a whole society. And then I'm assuming Hugh Jackman would be against it because he'd have his, he'd like start a cult of anti-robot people to go against them. That sounds like that movie with, um, God, what's his name? I can't remember now. Why am I so bad with actors names? Uh, the guy from Desperado. <laughs> That, that weird, yeah, that weird science fiction movie that he did where he's a doctor and there are robots that are Pain gaining sentience. No, the robots, it's got like, it's like, I want to say replicants, but I know it's not replicants, but it's like about robots that are gaining sentience and they're basically going out and having to like create anarchist cults. Well, this is people being turned into robots. I just, I, I feel like a lot of what you were like trying to say though, I'm like that. Those ideas. But you know what? Essentially, that is also Robocop because dude gets <laughs> fucked up and then he's partially robot. I thought of Step Brothers when they transfer Dev Patel to the to the robot and then they switch. Uh, the Chappie finds that other robot and they meet up and they're like, "Now we're both robots," but like Chappie's body looks all jacked up still. Like he, it's like I thought of uh, Step Brothers. We both have Chewbacca masks. It's cool that mine's not screen replica quality, but you know, it's it's cool that we both have these. <laughs> the orange robot yeah he's the he's the bright orange robot and the other one's like the cheap junk robot that looks like it's still all spray painted it's like look we both got new bodies i mean yours is cool and like totally brand new but you know mine's still good i guess does hugh jackman go into the the big one the bad boy he doesn't get in it he just drives Bruce. it with the mind control device i mean in the sequels oh i feel like I... yeah he, he would in the sequel because that was his downfall in this film was uh it could get disconnected to him by some like bad wi-fi or like just losing the signal bad wi-fi so yeah he'd had to he'd have to i would he'd have to go full they made a sequel and it was just called bad wi-fi bad wi-fi that's what i'd watch that uh the, the movie i was talking about with antonio banderas was automata did you any of you see that one it was very good mm-hmm. and also going back to what i was saying about everybody stealing blancan's visual styles and cues if you look at the poster for Automata, it blatantly uses the font from Elysium, and it looks like a Blomkamp film. Well, they fucked up, because I don't even know what this movie is. I don't remember. Automata? That. Automata was excellent. If you ever get a chance to see it, I highly recommend it. It's a, get a really chance, good movie. I'll just find it and watch it. <laughs> it's probably on effed up movies. Effed yeah, up there movies. you go. And you know what? It's a way better robot movie than this. Like, all day. A lot of the same subjects and discussions, but like done Keep better track of this maybe down the road we we uh, talk about this antonio banderas movie we Just should talk about Desperado. we should talk about the robot movies that came out like a lot of these because like there was this one but then there was we also still never talked one. about my favorite robot movie bicentennial man it's wally bicentennial man easily one of the best robot movies ever made 
that Antonio Banderas movie came out a year before Chappie. So now, now Neil Blomkamp's ripping off Antonio Banderas. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Lexi, you're just feeding lies to everybody. That's fair. All right. That's what I do. That's why I came on your show. To feed misinformation to the system. You're trying to ruin Antonio Banderas' career. No, it's a trying really to slander his name. You're slandering the good name of Antonio Banderas. The Not robot design that movie is excellent. Then there's that weird one with Bruce Willis. Was where they that's replicants. replicants. That, yeah, where they have that's the replicants. Yeah, that's a good movie too. I saw that in the theater. And then there's that other one. Ah, fuck, what's that other one that I saw? Real Steel. That movie was. I mean, you got Hugh Jackman. You got you got a big old combat robot. What's what's not? I wanted that movie to be so good. I was like so hyped for that. I was like, robot boxing sounds fucking awesome. That was the worst when they tried to like sell that as being like the same as the Twilight Zone episode called Real Steel, and it's like it's Rock'em Sock'em robots. It has nothing to do with that Twilight Zone episode. I think that Neil Blomkamp has some of the best robot design I've ever seen. I mean, he's it's chappy. He steals that design from Elysium. It's like, I mean, not saying yeah. he steals it from his own <laughs> self, but he didn't make anything new. He just carried that yeah. design over. I just, I think, I think it's a great robot design. I know it's kind of his thing, but like, it really is one of my favorite like robot designs. And like, if you want the truth, he's really stealing his design straightly from Boston Dynamics, because like what? that what robot looks favorite? just like a Boston Dynamics robot. What's yeah. your favorite Blomkamp film now that we've watched all of them? Elysium. I'm still District 9. Charles? He's Chappie. Uh, Chappie. Bro, yeah, it's, yeah, it's gotta be Chappie. Chappie. He, you're like, I hated Chappie. Yeah. Also my favorite Neil Blomkamp film. Glad this movie was on Netflix. I didn't have to open up that sealed copy, oh, so it's, it's still, retained, oh. still retaining its value, I'm sure. You better. Wow. Be, it's just going up in value. Yeah. So I, I do have a theory about this movie after watching it. This is my this is my prediction. I don't know if this podcast will still be around in this time frame. Twenty years, this film will be a cult classic. I th- I feel like it had a better chance before all this stuff happened with uh, Diane Ward. Like I feel like that's the uh, that's like I don't, I don't I'm not even gonna say that I believe that it was gonna become a cult classic, but I feel like their their name attached to it, it's gonna be one of those things that like it gets shoved aside. Like you get more people that are like. Have you ever seen this movie? And then it's like they research the people in it, and they're like, uh, "I don't, I don't think we should watch this movie anymore." Like, I feel like their their involvement is the thing that would sink Take that film from being <laughs> from being like more highly regarded in the future. If people George Lucas that shit, get rid yeah. of him. Like, I feel like yeah. if, if Neil Blomkamp gets like more popular again, like you know, does get the, these get the uh, the gamer ninja yeah. replace him with that ninja? <laughs> yeah, replace him with replace him with Fortnite ninja. Oh, fuck <laughs> me, that would be a terrible film. Um, I I just I feel like that's where that... you draw the line on ninjas, dude. <laughs> dude, that guy is such a piece of shit. Um, that... he sounds better than the than this ninja. No, he's really not. <laughs> he's really not. Has he? That's the sad kids? part. Oh, that's fair. He takes advantage That's of them and gets them to pay him money. He takes advantage of them, yeah. I was going to say there's absolutely that. And he won't, he won't work with women. He refuses to work with women. Because that disrupts the game. I <laughs> don't even know. Yeah. All but, I know but, is he has blue hair. He won't game with female gamers because it, 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 it disrupts the game. He doesn't like that. Yeah. 
It's also he's, his. It's also their fault when they wear like uh, short skirts outside. Yeah, it distracts yeah. him. He's an absolute piece of shit. What is happening? I don't know. <laughs> this is, I, I really. Like, we're just garbage. talking about we don't like ninja. Okay. <laughs> we're just... Rightfully so. He sounds terrible. I take it back. I think that this movie is like. I mean, this is another one of those examples of a film that fails. It's made by a respected director, but it was like you know, who got whatever. Disrespected. And then cast. I think. I think like in like, you know, it's got to have some time to settle. I will say that um, Rachel agrees with you, Chuck, 100 percent. Like what? she's like, I think, I think the legacy of awesome. Diane where it's no, that their legacy hurts this yeah. film too much for it to retain a cult status. Well, like me, it won't hurt it if you don't do the research. I just think there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of good in this movie that wasn't executed. Right. This is like. When I use my stew analogy, all the bits were Stop there, it. and they put it in there, and it ended up tasting like dish soap. <laughs> I'm never gonna eat at your place if if your food tastes like dish soap. Oh, it could taste like really good. Had all film, the right though. ingredients, it tasted like cleaner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was that rotting diet so, that I put so in Neil it. So Neil Blomkamp, what's next? I mean, obviously, I would think that the best thing to do would do District Ten. Hopefully it's not a repeat story. It'd actually be really cool if it was just another story in that universe. But I think it'll be. I think if he needs he can, a comeback, yeah, he definitely needs a comeback. He hasn't had anything big in the theater. Uh, Chappie was his last theatrical release. I don't think that that demonic. Well, I think got demonic a was supposed to because I saw oh, it yeah. for it in theaters. But it, it was twenty twenty one, probably. Yeah. It got really. It was pandemic killed that more than anything up. else. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's really what hurt him. But when you look at, like, 2009, 2013, and then 2015, he was fairly consistent in his release schedule, and he just completely fell off after, like, 2015. This great new director, 2015. Your career's over. Get the hell out of here. Right. Like, five years later, you just make Chappie, and you're like, oh, I don't know, man. But, like, I think... I think this is an example of maybe the studio should have put their hand in this pot a little bit. Like, I'm not someone who likes to see that, but like, maybe they should have come in and went, mm, maybe mm. not Diane Wirt. Maybe. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think just let him fail. <laughs> you know, he has to learn. Maybe, maybe the troubles that yeah. he had on the much like Chappie, he film. himself needs to learn from his mistakes and can't rely on everyone else to fix things for him. Exactly. Do you think that you could take another crack at this? Chappy like down the road, just drop it. Not a, not a sequel, but like let's give it like let's let the slate clean for a bit and then like remake it. Do you think you could go back and do this again, or is this just done? Like this movie is something that happened, and we're like, I don't know how or why this happened. I think you could touch a, in a lot of the same story ideas without making this movie again. That's I where I feel think... like we're, we've already had that point where you've seen this those basic elements taken in it film since then. That it's wildly like... different. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like I think we've seen other science fiction TV shows and movies that came out around the same time. I I still think that the 2010s one of the best fucking times for science fiction hands down like 
Blomkamp on the scene, like Hollywood started putting out all kinds of like badass science fiction movies. Stylistically, they were like pulling all these really great elements that like I was just waiting to see somebody like do right. And I just think like the 2010s was like the most respectful time to science fiction, and there was so much good science Since, fiction. Since like the 70s, you think? Like the first yeah, time 70s. The decades. 70s is like my my prime go to. I always say, if you want a remake, you remake some 70s science fiction. I told you to watch Silent Running. I'm obsessed with that movie. And I think that the 2010s looks at like movies like Silent Running and shit like that and goes, okay, how can we do this like just as good? And respect? I mean, look at things like Moon, Air, like just those movies alone. Air, Air was excellent. That's the one about with um, Norman Reedus. And like I can't think of the other actor, and they. I'm familiar with Moon. I love Moon. I don't know what Air is. Air, they're responsible for basically keeping the air system for all the people that are in cryogenic stasis alive, and it's like these two humans were tasked with the job. They have to get up like every five years and basically like reset the air system, and it it becomes like um, one of those you know because it's the two of them. It's like. They go back and forth. They start, you know, questioning each other's, questioning each other's motives, those sorts of things. It's one of those kind of movies. Excellent film. Highly recommend it. Like, find it. I just know it existed. Norman so many Reedus good. Is like hit or miss for me. Yeah, I, I mean, you talked about uh, Ex Machina. Ex Machina came out in that time period. I mean, that was like a I mean, game even changer. TV shows. I mean, I know it's closer Westworld. to Westworld, but but um, Black Mirror. And Mirror, Love, Death and Robots is yeah. a great little sci-fi thing. I, I just think we're in, we're in such a good time for science fiction. And I know there's going to be some fall off in that. But, you know, Blomkamp could come back and, you know, do a resurgence. or maybe I'm, I'm sure he'll make something else. I'm sure Maybe that... it's time for him to move into a different genre. Uh, you know, he could just do action. I, I, I'm full on that guy could do an action movie all day. But it doesn't have to have science his, fiction. Uh... In District Nine, though his his selling point was his special effects, and how cost efficient he was with his special effects. That's so fair. I feel like I... that's kind of what he's got to go back into, and he needs help mm. with his storytelling. Even this yeah. movie started doing some of the documentary stuff that was in District yeah, Nine. It didn't know what film style it wanted to be. It started out as a documentary, and then just became a movie halfway through it. And I was like, you're never really too sure which way you want to go with that stuff, are you? Like you really want to make a movie, but you really dig the, the like that kind well, of stuff. Well, that's like uh, obviously this is recorded two weeks before it comes out. I just watched Prey the other day, and I thought it was great, and it really balanced humor, sci-fi, horror, Good. really well. I need to watch. And that. this is and this is just like the like trying to juggle for the first time and just dropping everything <laughs> even the single singular ball that's in your one hand like also like you didn't even throw it you dropped it that's what this feels like i think this was a missed opportunity and i keep going back to diane work but i really think it was a missed opportunity for them if they had listened and been more cooperative and been able to take direction better I think that they could have really been something. I think Ninja had a lot of, like, it's sad to say, like, when you have somebody like Hugh Jackman in this movie, Hugh Jackman feels like not a very good actor in this movie. Like he's, like you said, he's over the top and weird and funny. It's like, then you got Ninja who shouldn't be good, but he's actually one of the better actors in the movie and one of the better characters in the film, at least in my opinion. 
I don't think he's a better actor, but I definitely maybe they shouldn't have gave him so much screen time. Like I at like the very that. least, they should have been like Jay and Silent Bob in Scream Three. They should have had a short little cameo and right. let that be that. I mean, that's that's how he should have dealt with them early on too. Like he could have cameoed them in Elysium, and they would have been fine. Like they could have been the bangers that he goes they to would to get have a car not been from Eminem. Uh, dude, Eminem would have been. That would have been a great movie. Eminem is the lead in Elysium, and then the gangbangers. It's like <laughs> for the heist scene. Well, who should have been in District Nine? District Nine is perfect as it is, honestly. Anderson Cooper. <laughs> that would have been really funny. Who's the main character? <laughs> Who's... He was in one of them, wasn't he? Wasn't he? In, um... He's in Chappie. Ch- Chappie. Okay, yeah. I know I saw him. Yeah, I'd like to see Blomkamp try a TV show. He could do a good show. Take his style and like kind of drag it out into a show. Drag or maybe like or like um you know how I keep going on that his stuff feels like it's like in a cohesive universe. Like you could do a Blomkamp universe TV show and you could have different like sci fi action stories all centering around his like universe that he's Who built. has the best universe now, like in as an independent director? Is it M. Night Shyamalan? Does he have the best connecting universe? Oh my god, no. I mean, everything he makes is garbage. Split was not garbage. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? Why do I work with you? You like, you, like, you told me you liked old, and I'm like, you just have mental I illness like, or something. I did like, like old. God, like, I, that movie was the worst piece of shit I ever sat through in my entire life. That's a sci-fi resurgence right there. Oh, that whole god. thing is sci-fi. That, that movie is so confused about what it wants to be no it's not it's a movie you know about getting old on the beach you know what straight up that movie you if jordan peele had directed old that would have been a hundred times better movie all day but he directed nope i didn't watch that <laughs> and i'm not gonna pay for it in the theater so there's that why why wouldn't you pay for the... nope I just don't really independent director making an original idea. I you don't want to see in the theater. Don't like his movies. I don't like them. I just respect him. I just don't like him. You, you disrespect him? No. No. Oh. Come on now. I didn't put words in my mouth. I didn't hear you. <laughs> I was just clarifying. <laughs> well, that's the end of Blom Camp. Maybe eventually we'll throw in demonic for some reason. <laughs> I actually do think it looks good. I'm going to try to find that one and watch it. Add us on Twitter if you want us to talk about Demonic. That's right. I can safely say that because no one's going to add us on Twitter about anything. <laughs> like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And we'll do one more Blomkamp for you. The bonus Blomkamp. That actually, I kind of wish we did it now. Bonus Blomkamp sounds cool. I mean, we can only do one it more does. movie. Right. I mean, he only has one more. We could just cover it and call it a day. It's the bonus Blom Camp. Chuck's like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to watch any more Blom Camp. Here's the funny thing. We'll do the bonus Blom Camp. It's only Chuck. By himself. I am, okay. I'm here for it. So, you like District 9. You like District 9, right, Chuck? That was your favorite? Yeah. Since you guys like that one the best... From your perspectives, do you feel like this is a filmmaker who degrades instead of gets better as he evolves? I wouldn't say he degrades, but I don't feel like he's learning the right techniques. He's not evolving as a storyteller. His visual style evolves. So I don't really know if he's he's evolving as a director, too. Obviously, Chappie's a big learning lesson. 
to hire non-actors and make them such huge characters in your movie. And like you said, more than likely lose control, probably can't direct them very well. So where does that take him in the future? He's, he, he basically lost the studio money. It hurt his reputation a little bit doing that. And he made Demonic, which I don't really know what that kind of did. It was just kind of like thrown away, it sounds like. But his career is essentially 10 years old at best. So there's going to be plenty of more. He's a young guy, too. There can be right. plenty more Blomkamp films. And, yeah, maybe he tries different things. Maybe he steps out, quits trying to be the sci-fi director and tries to be an action director or something. You know, let's let's give this guy Bad Boys 4. I, I wouldn't even say no to that, genuinely. Like, I think that when you talk about, like, in the action side of it, he really could do, like, high-level action films. Like, give him a Fast and the Furious. Blomkamp could knock out a Fast and the Furious film pretty well. Give him another space one there. Chuck, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not sure what happened with him. I feel like he... I, I feel like the same thing that happened to Peter Jackson, which is just... Not that he necessarily became a bad director with like more of his recent films, but just got more and more into the effects over everything else. Like even something like the, his first big thing, I think after Lord of the Rings was The Lovely Bones. And that movie looks awful because it's just way too much CGI that just doesn't even remotely look good. Doesn't really serve the plot very well. And that movie's just I, a nightmare. Do you respectful to the book? That's all I ever heard. I never saw it, but I it heard it be. is respectful to I've the never, book. I've never read the book either. I've read but the it's... book, and it's it does match the book somewhat. Yeah. But okay. Some performances, like Mark Wahlberg's, really hard to stomach. He yeah. he he comes off like a very one dimensional dad or something. And that's that's where I feel like yeah, that's that's where I start to feel like Peter Jackson starts to get more into like like almost kind of getting that George Lucas level of like. Yeah, just go over there and like do the scene and I'll just like put some stuff in later and like not really caring as much about the the actors doing their performances so much as he's like, but did you see the background? Like I fully animated that's and that's where he gets with Chappie. I know that's that was everybody hyping up the because it's not really motion capture. It's actually they animated Chappie and just like basically rotoscoped Charlotte Copley out of the film and just completely covered all his movements with an animated character so it's not true motion capture and that's that's probably the like if i had to say the one positive about that movie Chappie looks amazing like he looks like he's the best thing to see in that film because he's he's done so well as a technical achievement and i feel like that's too there's just too much of that and that's where i feel like too much of the budget goes to Hey, we're gonna have people like uh, draw over top of this character. Like, we're not even gonna use motion capture. Which we're gonna make it as difficult probably, as possible. Yeah, for we're the gonna we're effect. gonna make it like we're gonna make it so that it probably looks better than motion capture, but it probably takes twice as long and costs twice as much money. And then it's like, well, where's the budget to do anything else? Oh, we don't really have it because we spent all that money doing this one super cool effect that I will agree looks amazing on screen. It looks. Like Chappie looks super realistic. It looks like he's actually in the in the frame with the characters. He doesn't just look like a piece of CGI that they're not interacting with. And you know the the way they were able to shoot instead of doing it in front of green screen, like being able to actually film him 
physically touching characters, physically touching props, and then just like painting digitally over top of him later on instead of doing motion capture on a green screen. It looks amazing from a technical level, but then I feel like everything else goes like there's just not enough time to work on all the other aspects of the film that he needed to work on. So I think he can he can get better if he just I don't know gets gets better priorities. Gets good. Yeah, yeah. Get get good with it. But yeah, I feel like he just needs to like prioritize things better. Like don't just make it all about the technology. Like start you know handling the actors better or taking charge of that a little bit more. I do think I agree. He needs help on his like script writing and storytelling and he needs to get some some better actors but i think he's been really lucky with who he has like um as i said i'm not good at pronouncing his name but the guy who played chappie the guy's a phenomenal character Charto. yeah Copley. he's he's a great character actor like he he also is a really good actor, so it seems like he kind of told him what he wanted from him, and he was able to just kind of like bring out his own performance in every one of these movies. I mean, Blomkamp made his career. I, I really don't. Yeah, think, I think District Nine was really his first thing. Yeah, District Nine was his first movie, and then and then he was in Powers. Which is really weird because after all of these Wasn't movies, he in, like the A Team remake that was shit. Yeah, he was in the A Team yeah. remake, and he was the main character in Powers, the TV show. And I haven't seen from him since. I think those are like the last couple things he really did. I haven't You're heard not going to see him in a while. I mean, he's in District Ten. He's in. So yeah, he's the CG character. In District Ten. He oh, was yeah, at the yeah. end of District Ten, yeah. so I'm imagining he's in yeah. District Ten. That's right. I am more forgiving watching District 9 and the aliens feel kind of like, obviously, CG. They don't remotely feel like they're they're there. Right. But I felt like when I was watching that movie that it was done on such a tight budget that that was kind of the power of that movie was, hey, look how good we've made this movie look with our Despite, yeah. Well, like I said at the start of all of this, that's the first time I've seen a bunch of practical effects people shit their pants over CG and ever. They were like, that's the best CG I've ever seen. And they basically say the only CG that's any good is Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. Just kind of like, there's been plenty well, of good CG since. Zodiac. Oh my god. That movie's a piece of shit. <laughs> Zodiac? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh god, get out of here. <laughs> Highly disagree. Well, someone's gonna like it. Disagree, I mean, on the other side of the coin, I like the stuff that people don't like. So it doesn't really matter. It matters. Yep. We are done with the Blom Camp. We're gonna have a week off like we normally do before we move into our next character, which I will keep it a mystery. So you're gonna have to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Slash Cinema de More and at Cinema de More, depending on what social media you're following. And that's where we'll now. Is. They're a director who I 
artists and stuff from, but I have no acknowledgement that they're the, they're the director. It's like, oh, that was a good movie, and we find out like, this person directed it. So when you told me to pick a film from them, I was like, I don't know any movies from them, and I look at their discography, and I'm like, oh, they've made a lot of movies, and I know most of them. <laughs> I'm most interested in Chuck's pick that month because I haven't watched it. Yeah, I am too. I'm glad he picked it because it's been on my list to watch and I'm forced to watch it and I'm like, good. Get it out of the way. I'm happy. I'll reveal I haven't watched it either. No, oh, that's even better. Yeah. This will be good. It was the same way. It was like, it was like I, yeah, I was like, I need to watch it. That's like the only film I haven't watched. So I was like, oh, I'll well, put it on the list. The only film you haven't watched ever. Yeah. So that's, that's the one I'm missing. Chappie was the other one, so now we've. I did see it was on something that I had Paramount or HBO Max, and I know by the time I go to watch it, it'll be off. It always is. He said I was a loser. Yeah, good episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Look at me now, all up in the interweb. Worldwide, 2009, Futurester, Enter the Ninja. Yo, Landy Fusser. DJ Hot Deck. You fucking aren't wood. It's mine now. I'm a ninja. Yo, I'm a ninja. Yeah.